this is the Catahols podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 4, episode 11. Don't listen to what they say, go and see. Hi, I'm Michael. Welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. I'm so happy to be spending some time with you. This is one of the best things that I get to do, so thank you for choosing to spend some time with me. So before we get into today's episode, I'd like to say a massive thank you as always to our sponsor for the Catalyst Podcast, are the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next one. Best people around the world, they give masterclasses every month on how to be amazing <laughs> in business and in life. And if you just send me a quick email to mycockcatos.co.uk or comment on the latest podcast on social media, you can be entered into a monthly draw and you can have a chance to win a whole year's subscription to the Masterclass Sessions for free. So check it out. So I've got a phrase for you today that I'm always trying to learn and I'm always trying to pay attention to life. What's it telling me? You know, what can I see? What can I experience? What are other people telling me? How are their lives? And I was very grateful to receive a card from my Directress of Operations at Catalyst, Kathleen. And if you know Kathleen, she's a legend. And on it, it had a phrase. And the phrase really permeated into my thinking and it stuck with me. There's a beautiful picture of a temple. And this phrase was, don't listen to what they say. Go and see. The temple, it was taking this picture at a beautiful time in the early morning. was like mist and sun. And it just kindled my sense of adventure and curiosity and liberty. And I thought, in tough times, it's very easy, isn't it, to listen to other people, especially other people, when they're saying, oh, this terrible stuff's happening. And some of it absolutely is happening. But how we talk about things and how we engage with people and interact sometimes can be extremely ill-informed, negative, or often playing wrong. I know I, in the past, I've, I'll hold my hands up and go, I used to think this and I really don't anymore. Gandhi was famous for that, Mohandas Gandhi. He was once questioned and he changed his opinion on something. And someone said to him, well, you used to say this. He goes, I know, I was wrong. I now think this. And I thought, wow. If he can do that, so can I. So I think this phrase could be really helpful, hopefully, to help you to nourish a sense of adventure and freedom, to not play small in tough times, to not hide under a rock, mentally, physically, environmentally, but to be brave and to go out into the world and experience it for yourself in whatever form that you choose. So as always, I want to give you something that I've actually applied that works. It's not just an idea and a nice concept. You think, oh, thanks, Mike. It's a nice quote, but whatever. So I want to tell you about when I've applied this way of being and thinking and and the benefits it gave me and the wonderful experiences I got. And then I've given some thought as to how could you actually apply that yourself. So I've got five open-ended questions that I think are really good ways that you can go and see for yourself, you know, and don't listen to other people. So let's go into the first one. The first way I've experienced this, this idea that you don't listen to other people, go figure it out for yourself, was travel. I love to travel, and I've been to a few countries now, and I want to travel to 100 countries. I want to see the people of the world. I want to meet you, you know? I want to come to your country. I want to experience your food and your culture. And the first time this really happened, I was in France, and I've been to France now about nine, ten times. I love France, I love the country, and I love the people. And I was talking to the owner of a cafe, that we used to go to every night 
And he was like, oh, I love the English people. And I was like, really? You're just saying that because I'm English. He's like, no, no, no. And I was saying, well, who's your favourite? Because you get a lot of people from all these different countries, Italians, French, Spanish, English. You know, Who are the, your favourite and why? And I thought he'd say, I don't know, the Italians, because they're very outgoing. Or, And he said the English. He said, we have a piano here. And you English, you come in and you play the piano and you bring the good times and you sing Oasis. And he had all these examples. And he was being really genuine. He's a good man. And I said, well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully he's being genuine. But the point is, before I'd been to France, I'd been told by several English people, don't go to France. You know, French people don't like English people. Again, these things that if I'd have listened and hadn't gone to the country and seen it for myself, I'd have never had that conversation. I've had incredible experiences in France with French people. So that was the first time I was like, yeah. And the people that were saying that have probably never been to France. Oh, yeah. And I was only 17. And that was the first time. The second time where, again, this phrase was true for me was when I went to Romania. I was so fortunate. Romania is one of my favourite places I've ever been to. Now, before I went to Romania, I was very ignorant. All I knew about Romania is what I'd seen on TV. We'd have in the UK what we call shoebox appeals for orphans in Romania, and we'd, we'd help them out at Christmas through school. And that was all I knew of Romania. I knew there was, there was poverty in the country, I was very ignorant culturally, like I was of a lot of countries I've never been. But I got the opportunity to go at university to do uh, drama workshops and live with families. It was brilliant. We didn't stay in hotels. We lived with the families all along the west coast of Romania for over three weeks. It was one of the best trips of my life. Honestly, I could, I could tell you so many stories. And the best food I've ever eaten was in Romania. Some of the most beautiful landscape as in Romania, some of the kindest, the kindest and most hospitable people I've ever met in my life were in Romania. They used to do go out of their way to help me. This one guy, he couldn't afford to have, he had like a hole in the wall with a stick for where he hung his toilet roll, but he made sure that we had the best breakfast every morning and he gave me a book in Romanian. i never forget, his name was Octavian, or Tavi he called himself. Such a good man, or a young man. So again, I went and saw Romania and it was just incredible. And that experience and some of it, yeah, was, was awful and challenging, but some of it's incredible. And, and so that, you know, I've definitely noticed that in my life. If you go to a country and meet the people rather than listen to people who have never been there, you know, and some of, sometimes people, they're well-informed, don't they? I've done that where I've tried to you know help people say, don't do this or do this. But often you gained insight that you've actually experienced yourself is 10 times more valuable, isn't it? You make up your own mind. <laughs> one of the best examples is quite a funny one where I've experienced this idea of don't listen to the naysayers, don't listen to what people tell you, go and figure it out for yourself. I'll never forget this. Now, I'm not going to mention this lady's name. You never know, she might be listening. But I had a teacher, put it that way. <laughs> when I was five years old, so I was in my first year in primary school, in my first year in school, five, right? I've taught five-year-olds, and I can't believe this woman said this. It was a parents' evening, and she said, I was a bit of a handful as a child, put it that way, I was full of energy, and I calmed down as I got older, but she said, your Michael doesn't have any artistic talent. He can't even draw a stick man. No, I don't know, by the way, at the time, if I could draw a stick man. But I remember they told me that, and they actually told me what she said. Have you ever had a teacher who's put you down? And I thought, that is so not true and I could have listened to her and gone yeah you're right and I've taught so many children young people that say I'm rubbish at art I can't draw 
I can't do this because they're told by their teachers they have a bad experience of art and it's not true often we have a very shallow understanding of what being an artist is and you know people say well you know I'm not an artist but you know and then they tell me about all these things that they make I say you're an artist so anyway I thought well, I'm going to show you and the one thing that I am is an artist I've played music for 20 years I was a martial artist I, I write so that's a form of creativity and I actually love to draw and paint and always have done and I'm pretty getting pretty good at it and I thought, wow, you know, this woman gave me this very ill-informed, you know, opinion of myself at five. And it actually worked towards my advantage because I thought, well, I'm going to show you. <laughs> so they're just three examples, two from travel and, and one from my life. A bit of fun. But it's so true, this. So true. And, I, and as well, I can't believe I never even thought of this. The last one, it was business. Before I started in business, if you don't already know, I knew nobody in business. Nobody. At all. I'm from a family of teachers. We're all teachers in my family, my brothers and my parents. People in my family are teachers in various different professions. There's maybe a few that you know work in a business but don't own a business. And when I stepped into the business world, I had people saying, oh, it's the cold-hearted business world. It's all about making money. They don't care about you. The private sector is this. The private sector is that. They were telling me. I didn't listen to him. <laughs> I never have. I think I get it from my dad. My dad's an incredible man. He's an Irish immigrant came to England without a penny to his name. He's 17. And I bet he had some people saying, don't go there. Don't do that. He didn't listen. <laughs> he went and saw for himself and he did pretty well for himself. So I think that kind of spirit of that rebellious nature of like, I'm going to go figure it out myself is built into me. And I did it in business. And I, I tell you now, I've met the kindest, most amazing people in my life through my business that I'd never have met and I wouldn't be doing this podcast right it's not it would not happen it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't gone I think I'm gonna go try and figure it out for myself or go see you know I'm gonna go and see what happens being willing to go and see have a go try it's so easy isn't it to just go well that might happen so I'm probably just gonna no when I used to do jiu-jitsu one of the best phrases I ever heard, and it's the same for anything. Any kind of looking after yourself or effort, person, the sensei, the teacher, you say, just get through the door. I said, what do you mean? And he said, look, you don't want to come train on a Tuesday night in the middle of the week or first thing Saturday morning. It's hard, isn't it? Just get yourself through that door. And once you're here, just do your best, that's all you got to do. But the hardest bit is get yourself through the, through the door. Just get yourself through the door. And that's what this phrase is saying. You know, when you're own, can't be bothered, you're tired or whatever, don't listen to that. Just go and see. Go see what happens. Turn up, train. Something good might happen. And that th thread is very exciting because there's no end to that. You don't know the good places it's going to end or if it goes into bad places, how well you can handle them and come through. So that's my personal experience, professional experience. It's beautiful. Honestly, it's a great phrase. And I've been living this phrase without even realising it. So how can you actually do that? You might think, yeah, that sounds good. What are we going to do? So I've come up with a five-question framework for you to help with three, in my opinion, of the most common barriers to exploring and being an adventurer and going off and doing it. Three of the reasons why or the, or the situations that go, hmm, I ain't going to do that. Now, I'm not saying just go off and do anything anytime, but I'm saying these are the things that, that I've experienced as well. They make us play small. And the makers not try. And the makers want to give up. So there's people. There's your own thoughts and feelings. 
and then not having the resources or the things to hand. So you just think, well, I just can't do it. So these are the questions, and then we're going to look at each one, right? First question is, well, what's the credibility? Meaning, who's talking? Are they experienced? Do they know what they're talking about? How many years of experience have they got? Are they, I don't know, a published author? Do they have degrees? Do they have experience? Have they achieved the millions they're trying to help you to, to do, to get? What is their credibility? Or are they just completely anonymous? Credibility is very important. Very, very important. So that's the first thing. Who are they? Where's this information coming from? Very, very important. Second one is, okay, can you differentiate between a fact and opinion? Is it a fact? We're all going to die. That's a fact. Um, I love people. I think they're great. That's an opinion. <laughs> they're not the same thing. A very important thing I think right now is in global online communication is that perceptive ability to differentiate between a fact or opinion. There are many people out there right now that are very persuasive about their opinions and they will make them seem like facts. And they'll, you know, they use pseudoscience things like saying, well, science says. I'm like, really? All of science? <laughs> is science a person? <laughs> so if especially if someone's, you know, putting you down or saying, don't do this, is it their opinion or is it their fact? And again, you see how it works. And who are they? The first two go together. Third one is a really cool one. What's the complete opposite of what they think of, of what's going on? So if it's brilliant and they're like, yeah, this is great, what's the complete worst? So if you think of like a French example, and we flip it, and people say, no, don't go to France, they hate English people. Well, what if they loved English people? That's the complete opposite. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or starting a business, what if it goes really badly? What if it goes amazingly well and we make a load of money and help people? Mm. And I'm not saying it's going to be one or the other. I'm just saying it's more balanced. It's more balanced because then when it's more balanced, you can choose your own decision, can't you? You can go, well, and consider it from both sides now rather than just one side. Fourth one, I'm a big fan of ever since I started studying psychology about 18 years ago. And even before that, when I was in high school studying science, I'm a big fan of data, numbers. What data backs up? what this person is saying or what's going on. Is there a large pool of data going back, I don't know, years? Or is it just based on a small sample? Or do you not have any data? Do you not have any numbers? Is it on a hunch or is it on an anecdote? Data, data, very important. So for example, when people are talking about vaccines, vaccinating against smallpox, should I give my child a smallpox vaccine? Well, look at the data. Look how many millions of children's lives have been saved, you know, and they make their own decision. And the fourth, the, sorry, the final one is, is, are these th these facts, these thoughts, whatever these person's saying, the thing, is it going to limit you or is it going to open up your life? Is it going to make you play small or is it opening up an opportunity? That's a really key thing. So if you look at the teacher, she was limiting me. Now, looking back, she it might have just been a throwaway comment. I've been a teacher. She might have just gone, well, Mike's a handful and he's just rubbish at art. <laughs> but it, that was very limiting and could have been limiting on my development, right? So we have to be very careful whose opinion we listen to, especially if they're going to limit us in any way. So application for this, so those five questions. The first one is a very simple one, it's people. Most of the, you know, don't listen to what they say is going to come from other people because there's over 7 billion of us, right? There's me, you, and 7 billion other people. And you're going to have to interact with them for the rest of your life. I don't think we, I don't think we often think about that enough, you know. For the rest of your life, you're going to have to interact with other people. I know in teaching, we we didn't really let that sink in often enough. We did stuff on relationships, but and in business as well. 
we, we tend to think of my business and I'm doing this. I'm like, yeah, but what about other people's businesses and how we interact? So think about, especially online, it's different when you're speaking to people face-to-face because you can physically see them and, you know, you, you trust your vibe and things like that. But when it's online, if it's a comment on anonymous, you know, blog, it's on Reddit, it's on Twitter, who's talking, right? A lot of these don't listen to what they say. It's going to come from other people. Their opinions of you, their opinions of what you do, who you are, go through it. Go through the five questions. Well, who are they? Is it just a random person who follows you on Instagram? Is it a fact that they're saying or is it an opinion? What's the opposite of what they say? Could you pay attention to that? Is there any data or numbers backing up what they say? Or is it a throwaway thing? And is what they're saying going to limit you if you listen to it? You can see how this works. It's really, really useful because it's very specific. Often... A lot of emotion comes into this, doesn't it? Especially if we have people from our family and friends that, whether they realise it or not, are limiting us. They, you know, be careful, drive safe, all those kind of limiting things. What we really mean is, you know, I want you to be happy and healthy and and look after yourself, etc. But, and I've done this, right? We all, in well-meaning ways, kind of limit the people we love because, I don't know, we want to look after them. We want them to have good experiences rather than saying, well, do your thing, man. Good luck to you. So that's for dealing with people. The second one's a bit more personal. What about dealing with your own thoughts and your own feelings? So anxiety, depression, panic, overwhelm, despair, all these beautiful feelings and thoughts that we have often. Well, challenge them, right? Who's talking here? Is it a credible source? Or is it a random throwaway comment because you're hungover? Is this a fact? When you think in these thoughts, are they facts or are they just random thoughts? Or is it more of just your opinion? or a feeling, or a hunch, or is it both? What's the complete opposite of what you've just been thinking, or what you've just been feeling? Is there any data to back up what you're thinking, or what you're feeling? And if you don't know, just Google it. And is what you're thinking or feeling right now going to limit you if you pay into it, or could you let it go, or ride it out and know that it's going to pass? And the final one is, and this stops people, I think the first two are the most common ones that stop people, you know, what people tell you, especially people you trust and you look up to, if they say, you can't do that. And then when you're thinking about yourself, then yeah, you're right, I can't do it. I don't feel great right now. So, you know, I'm going to not do it. Third one is not having the resources or the things. A big part of business I found that's very challenging is to handle and consider concepts when you can't physically see it in front of yourself. Why was COVID so difficult? Because for a long time, we're trying to interact with people that we can't physically touch or see in a room with just an image on a screen. Now, there's a lot of good to that. On the downside, we're talking about concepts that we can't see. You can see COVID, obviously, if you're ill and things like that. But most of the time, we're talking about things that are beyond where we are in the room and your brain gets a bit fuzzy with stuff like that. So when you're talking about profit margins, you're talking about products, you're talking about your new customers, talking about the next year, you can't physically see it. So it's very hard to conceptualize and deal with resources and things you can't touch so, for example, I've written a second book and it's coming out soon. And until I hold it in my hand, it's difficult until it's very real. So what can you do for that? You'll love this. This is something I do. I only started it this year. For years, I've printed off photos of good times. But this year, I printed off photos and I've got a whole wall in my office dedicated to just good times and my own lived experiences. Because I've had, like I'm sure you've had, a lot of curveballs this year, about four or five things that have knocked me right down. And I thought it's easy to go, wow, this year was hard and, you know, 
But I go, no, this happened, this happened, this happened. Look at those good things. So if you doubt yourself, I can't go travel, do it and then print off a picture and stick it on your wall and look at it and go, I did that. Yeah, or we can't do this. And then print off the pictures that prove the contrary. You can't argue with that. That's real gain insight and lived experience. And I love just standing maybe once a day and looking at that wall and going, I like that. I like that a lot. So it's five question framework. Use that to apply if you want to, to deal with the people that might limit you, your own thoughts and feelings. And if you haven't got the resources, don't listen to what they say. Go and see it for yourself. Let it permeate. Let it sink in. I really like it. Hope you like it too. So until we talk again, just remember two things. Take something from this, you know, take it and think, right, when have I actually not listened to somebody and gone and been successful anyway? <laughs> and, and, and do something with it. Have some fun with it. Go explore. Go and see for yourself. Whole world's out there for you. And even if you don't, you don't want it today, that's okay. Just know that right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care and speak soon. So today's random positive fact, oh, this is, this is brilliant. Listen to this. Did you know that squirrels actually plant thousands of trees every year just because they forget where they put their acorns? So they go and stash acorns and they drop them everywhere and forget where they put them. And that actually plants thousands and thousands of trees every single year.